everyone. So it's my honor to introduce our dear friend, Ivan. And I was thinking this morning, what do I... It's like, how many... There's so many things I love and appreciate about Ivan. But I think as a leader of a house of believers, probably on the top of my list is that he really cares about you guys. Like, he cares about us. He loves us. Mostly the food, but he loves us. <laughs> He's one of the funnest people to feed in the world. Um, but I know, I'm convinced, uh, like, there's no question um, after being in friendship with him for, like, almost 25 years. I know he loves us, and he loves our family. But we talk, not just when he's here. He calls us throughout the year. We call him just like, how are you doing? How's your family doing? But without fail, he always asks about you. He always asks, how's the mission? How are you guys doing? How, you know, just, and he, it's so sincere. And so, as a mom of the house, um, you know what I mean? You know how you feel about friends, and then you feel about friends that love your family? You know what I mean? So thank you, Ivan, for loving us well and loving this house. And welcome. Good, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Ms. Deb. Appreciate those kind words, exactly as I told you. Uh, we, we, uh, we do have the privilege and honor of eating great prepared food. It's the best, it's the best bread and breakfast I, I go to. <laughs> but um, thank you for that, and uh, I'm just... Uh, Honored to be able to be with you today and see what the Lord will do. We're going to show you a video for those of you that are going to Guatemala. Thank you for that. Uh, and after you see the video, many more of you will want to come. It is a very beautiful place. It's high, almost 8,000 feet. But for whatever reasons, it's not difficult to breathe. Uh, I was in Colorado a few weeks back. And I couldn't hardly breathe, you know. But I don't have that up there. I don't know what the difference is, but you don't feel it. Uh, the weather is perfect. It's not ever hot. So it's not one of those kind of mission trips where, you, you know, 105 and, and you're eating worms and bugs and things. <laughs> this, is, this is five star, you know. We have chefs. And they will cook for you really great food because we do want you to work hard. And the weather is perfect, 65, 70, all the time. And it gets cool in the evenings. Uh, but what's more beautiful is we have 200 orphans there that need love. They need arms around them. They need smiling faces. They need prayer. They need Miracles, they need signs and wonders, they need healing, they need deliverance, they need chains broken, curses broken, demonic activity broken. Uh, we have 60-something in university now studying to be anywhere from 
doctors to architects to engineers to um, every other kind of profession that you can think of. We have over 158 uh, widows now that we have built homes for and are taking care of completely, uh, providing all the medical care, food, everything for them. Our goal was 200, so we'll probably hit that this year because we already have another 35 homes that have been, uh, someone has said, I'll pay for that many more. And so we'll, we'll hopefully we'll hit 200 widows this year by December. That's, that's our goal. And um, you'll see in the video, we've, it's, a, it's a city, you know, it's not, we have over 158 employees there. Uh, then, of course, we have all of Africa which we're up to 1,500 children there, plus we're, our goal is to reach uh, 260,000 children a year, which we're going to reach. We're going to do it. And uh, a lot of wonderful things, you know, just a lot of beautiful things. Uh, we're building a vocational school this year. Uh, someone already said I'll pay for the whole thing, so that's already going to be paid for. It's going to be really high quality. As a matter of fact, there won't be anything like it in the entire country. It'll be the best vocational school, and it'll be free. So not only our orphans, but any anyone who wants to learn a trade, welding and electricity, those two trades, will be able to come. And, um, you know, I think we might have a few of those throughout the country as time goes on, but for right now, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're all going to build another orphanage as well there in Guatemala up by a place called Lake Atitlan, which is a beautiful lake uh, surrounded by volcanoes and 12 villages named, named after the 12 apostles. And it's a fishing place. People come from all over the world to, to fish there for blackmouth, you know, bass. Uh, and it's a very beautiful atmosphere. It's like Switzerland, but green. And really, really a lot of orphans, about 500,000 orphans in that country. A lot of poverty. Half of the country is Mayan Indians, so you have 9 million Mayan Indians that are not educated and, and you know, have a lot of alcoholism. But, but thank God for the deliverances, the miracles, the rescuing, and all of that. And I just want to say to all of you that are coming and those of you that will want to come after I talk because that's how it works and you should let it convict you and get off your hala hala and come. Uh, but um, before we get into that, in the back there are some what I call life-altering uh books and things that will help you in your walk with God and improve you and empower you and equip you. Untouchable is a workbook with 11 hours of uh, digitally downloadable messages which will train you in the way, the 13 ways that Satan will try to attack your family, your home, your life. Uh, for example, his number one tactic is to divide and conquer people. 
So he wants to put a wedge between you and your church, for example, or between you and the pastor or the ministers or between you and your husband or you and your wife or you and your boss or you and your employees. And that's his number one tactic. He's used it from the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden. And it's all through the Bible. There's 13 of those that you should know. You should know all of them. You should be able to teach other people these things. And you should be able to help your children. Say, what is going on right now? A wedge is, you know, Satan is trying to put a wedge between us to get you divided from us, you know, your, your parents. Uh, things like that. So it's really, really good for you. It will empower you. And after you learn it, you'll be able to help a lot of people. Praise God. So is, who's visiting today, by the way? Can I have an usher? Come on up here. We're going to give you this. And, and so on the inside of this, there's a QR code. And you download all those CDs onto your phone or computer from the QR code. This will be a blessing to you. All right? Beautiful. Um, this is a devotional, Letters from God, 365 letters written to you from God to keep you every day built up. If you go through this uh, for a year, if you do the whole thing, you'll go through it for the rest of your life. I mean, there are people that are, do this every year. And tell me they just get new breakthroughs and, and revelations. So who else is visiting? Anyone? Yeah, we'll give it to you right there. Because you barely lifted up your hand, you know, like that. <laughs> but but there, there you go. And how many of you have children that you like? <laughs> 365 things your children should know before they leave your house. These are one-liners with a scripture. They're very powerful. I'm going, I'm taking my grandson, uh, Zaya, through these now. He's on number 20. And it's 30 a year, you know, if you start them at five or six. And then by the time they're 18, they'll have that weaponization of their life. And these life lessons will be very powerful. For example, obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings pain. This is a very important thing to teach your children. And it goes on and on and on like that. So uh, we're going to give... Are you visiting? Okay. I think red there or maroon. I'm not sure. Uh, the, the encouraged parent, which is now called a prophetic parent, 100 prophetic prayers to pray over your children, plus 100 letters from God to you as parents. I just think this is so powerful. Praise the Lord. Give it to this gal, right? You have children? No. In the second row. Who has children now that you're actually raising at the house? All right, well, you pick. All right, then we have this, our new book, Lovable You. The Lovable You. This is basically how to stop being a mean person. There's no other way to really say it. Like, has anybody ever called you mean? Like, are, are any, are there any honest people? Are, are any of you honest? Has anybody ever said, you're just mean? Has anybody ever said that about you? Because this is who I want to give it to. Jesus, Patrick's back here. We can take it to her, is that okay? 
All right. Woman defined is Proverbs 31. It's very detailed, a lot of revelation, and it will empower you as a a woman and equip you and give you a lot of insights on one of the greatest satanic lies is that women are inferior to men spiritually and that women are not allowed to do things that men are allowed to do. This is a abomination of every kind, and you don't ever want to believe that because you are God's daughter. I have three daughters, and I have never kept them back from anything. They've preached with me in churches that don't even believe in it because I don't ask permission. I just say, hey, my daughter, you know, she's six. She's going to preach to you. Well, who's going to tell a six-year-old not to preach or a seven-year-old? That's a sign and a wonder, you know. And so beware, ladies, of not giving yourself a loophole of not doing what God called you to do because, you know, God doesn't want you. Really, you don't think God wants you to talk? Don't you know that it's scientifically proven that a woman has a compulsive need to speak 25,000 words a day? It's scientific. It's scientific. A man, like, has no need to speak. We have to learn to talk. Women are born with a gift. And, and, and if you know, when you go to a, uh, uh, someone's home, that woman isn't silent and quiet and meek. They're teaching those children. They're making husbands watching TV most of the time. So unless it's a godly man, you're not involved in anything. You, you're not changing diapers. But if you're a godly man, yeah, of course you are. But I just want you to know that God, you know, is not telling you to shut up. Now your husband may be telling, but but God is not telling you that. He likes to hear you talk, even when you don't make sense, and even when it's jumping from subject to subject to subject to subject and doing it for three hours. He listens. He pays attention. He stays on track. He doesn't get off. He, he doesn't move his eyes from you. He looks at you the whole time. He's in every conversation. You're going over to your winter, your summer. He's going over to you. They said that. They did that. I mean, whatever. He's with you. Your husband has to learn that. It's learned. He has to be educated. It doesn't come natural to a man. Men don't make sense. They, they just... Let's kill something today. Let's catch, catch a fish. They're, they're project-oriented, you know, things like that. Break down a car, operate on a brain, do things that have very predictable patterns. But spontaneity and creative language is very disturbing to a man. That's why we get along with each other, men. Because we don't veer from our shallowness. We, we remain shallow. 
I like food, me too. But we stay. And if we pick a subject, it's something we've mastered. We're not like going to talk about a subject that we haven't mastered. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll get into anything we master. And if we haven't mastered it, we'll say, hey, how are you feeling? Or what's going on? It's different, you know. Letters from God for children. This will connect you to your children. It's very necessary, very powerful. Don't lose your children because you're a lazy parent and have decided to let their phone raise them. Or their computer or their video games. You're not helping your children by making them addicted to video games. You're not loving your children. You need to get your children to enjoy the word of God and revelation and winning souls and healing the sick and and curing people and being of divine benefit and being of eternal, you know, relevance. This is going to help you do that. 52 character traits. You'll study them for the whole time they live in your house. As soon as they can read. All the way till they leave. And if they stay longer than they should, you do it while that's happening. You say, you're 20, you're still here, we're going to study this. You're 30, you're still here, we're going to go through all this. You're 40, get out of my house right now. (laughs) Boom. All right, so we're going to give these two away Oh, yeah. So, one for a woman. Don't give that one to a man there. Woman, yes, woman defined. Yes, okay, and then let it run. All right, so um, in a little bit we'll tell you about these cards and all that. But let's put on the video, and then we'll get going. And um, praise the Lord. This is our update for 2023. Greetings, all of our incredible partners. This has been another year full of the miracle provision and love of the Lord over Cross Angelina Orphanage. Thank you to all of you for your continued support in making the dreams of these children a reality. We're excited to update you on the completion of a few of our projects. We had a huge grand reopening where we welcomed people from all the surrounding villages. They met our new medical staff as well as saw the updated and incredible finish to the new clinic. They were blown away by the services that we will now be able to offer them through the Mercy Clinic. Also, we have a brand new sports court completed. Three levels of basketball for smaller children, medium children, and older children. Also, one of the projects that we started at the very beginning of Casa Angelina was to complete the main Casa Angelina Road. Due to the faithfulness of some of our partners who raised money, this summer we were able to begin to work on completing the road. And by the end of 2023, we will have the road fully completed. This is a miracle to see one of the things that started at the very beginning of Casa Angelina now become complete. We want to thank every single team member who came down and sacrificed their time, their money, and their energy to build Casa Angelina. In 2023, we added an additional seven widows to the program and already have scheduled an additional eight homes for 2024. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the beautiful widows program that we have.
This year, we celebrated the graduation of six incredible young women from our Higher Dreams School here at Casa Angelina. And we were able to celebrate their graduation this year, as well as all of the children who were moving on from elementary school to middle school and then middle school on to high school. This year, we took our six graduates to a beautiful resort here in Guatemala where they got to have cooking lessons, try surfing, play in the water, play on the beach, go on ATV rides, and even release some baby turtles back into the wild. It was an incredible experience for our graduates. We also celebrated everyone else in the school with a big outing to Guatemala City, where we went to Sky Zone. We were able to rent the whole facility and have all of the children play for three hours. From there, we took the children to see a movie where they also each had their own tray of snacks. It was incredible to watch the faces of the children as for many of them, this was their first time in Sky Zone and their first time seeing a movie in a movie theater. The Lord continued to add children to Casa Angelina this year. And we praise the Lord for 35 more lives that were rescued from incredibly difficult situations in 2023. Once again, we want to say thank you to all of our partners. What you are doing and giving towards Casa Angelina goes directly to helping the children's lives and the widows' lives. We pray for you all and we thank you for everything that you continue to do. May the Lord bless you in this year and in the next and in the years to come. Very cool, very cool. Praise the Lord. So hopefully a bunch of you will jump on and we'll be happy to serve you really high quality everything. So go to Matthew chapter 7 with me and in the time that we have, let me talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about the key that will unlock everything that you want. This is the key that if you do not know this key and if you do not activate this key, your Christianity will not work. Christianity does not work unless you have this key activated. Because we have many different types of churches, many different types of Christians, and many different types of experiences that people have, there is a reason for that, and the reason is that the key has not been activated. And, for example, the Bible tells us very clearly right here in Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to read this to you in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven, they will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name do many mighty miracles? And then I will say and declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work 
lawlessness. So, a very powerful statement and a very powerful scripture. So, I want to talk to you about this key tonight because think about it like this. How many of you believe God has an inheritance for you that he purchased at Calvary? And how many of you want that inheritance to be activated? For example, as soon as you get saved, all that belongs to you is given to you, and you now have everything. All of your inheritance is already yours. It is bought, it is paid for, and it belongs to you. But if you do not know how to get your inheritance out of the bank, then your inheritance stays in the bank in position, but it doesn't ever become possession. In other words, you could be given millions of dollars and they're in some bank. If you don't know what bank it is and if you don't know what the account is and you don't know how to get it out, you could die homeless on the streets, a millionaire. Because you don't know how to get your inheritance. You don't know what the key is. So how many of you, for example, believe God has a destiny for you? And that the destiny is not normal or natural, it's supernatural and super powerful. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that you're supposed to have inner peace? That you're not supposed to have the devil dominating your life? How many of you believe that it's God's will for him to save all of your family, all of them born again, and all of them saved, and that's part of your inheritance from God that he purchased at Calvary? How many of you believe that it's God's will for you to have supernatural miracle health? How many of you believe that's part of what God has for you? Do you believe that God wants you to have success in this world? To have favor from God where you are actually living far above the normal. That you're living in the overabundance of the blessings of God. How many of you believe that's God's will? And that your life should not look like the life of an unsaved lost person. Do you believe that you're supposed to have things in your life that lost people don't have? A marriage that's blessed. How many of you believe that's something God wants for you? Children that all love God and are walking with God. How many believe that is something you're supposed to have? Do you believe that you're supposed to be anointed by the Holy Spirit and have special gifts and superpowers? That you're supposed to heal the sick, cast devils out, break chains off of people? Do you believe you're supposed to have supernatural wisdom and great success in your business? How many of you believe your businesses should be highly blessed of God and those businesses should make millions of dollars that God can use you to take care of orphans and widows and the poor and the local church and to win souls and educate people and feed the poor and help people with your life? How many of you believe that is God's will? Do you believe you're supposed to have supernatural personality full of forgiveness and full of patience and full of long-suffering and kind of that you're not supposed to snap at people and yell at people and call people names and fight with people and have stress at the house and sleep back to back and not even in the same room anymore? How many of you believe that, that God's will is for you to have the presence of God in your home and in your family and on your children, that you should have joy in your heart all day long? You should 
should be singing songs because of the victory you have over sin. Because you've overcome the sins of your DNA and the sins of your father and mother and grandparents and great-grandparents. And it's your calling from God not to be under the power of heavy depression and discouragement and disappointment. And you're not supposed to carry loads and burdens on your... Do you believe that is God's will? Do you believe that you're supposed to be free from insecurity and your identity problems? And, oh, nobody loves me. Oh, nobody's going to love me. Oh, I've got issues. Oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm too skinny. Oh, I'm too strong. Oh, I smell too much. Oh, I don't smell enough. Whatever it may be, how many of you believe that God has an identity for you that he actually created that is part of your divine identity and not who you were without him and that you're not supposed to be like you were without him, that you're supposed to be a new creature and that all things pass away and everything becomes new. Do you believe that you are supposed to be such a person that everybody loves you? I'm just asking questions. How many of you believe that you should be lovable and then when people are with you, they just love you and they, and you, you can't help it. You're just lovable. You like, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody loves me. I don't know what to say. Is that part of what God's will is? The grace of God on your spirit, personality, and a tender heart full of love and mercy and forgiveness. Not only to love your own children, but to love other people's children. Do you believe that's part of God's will? Do you believe you're supposed to have a ministry that is given to you by God and anoint whoever you are, wherever you come from? It doesn't even matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter if you had parents. It doesn't matter if you're an orphan. It doesn't matter if you don't know what you are, that you're supposed to have a ministry. And that ministry is supposed to be anointed. It's supposed to be powerful. And it's supposed to be something that you cannot take credit for. Do you believe you should be free from moral bondage, immoral bondage, and immorality? That you're supposed to be free from pornography, and you're not supposed to chase women, and just live your life to have sex with women that you're not married to, and be tormented? Do you believe you should be free from that, and not have fantasies that are perverted, not have dreams that are unclean, that all that stuff is not part of what God has for you? Do you believe that? Do you believe you should be faithful to your wife, and faithful to your husband, till the day you die, even if they gain a hundred? pounds or 200 pounds that you just love them anyway you just I love you with that extra it's extra mm, man oh I love mm, my god there's so you just love them anyway you don't you don't have issues about it they are they are it for you that you're in covenant and and for better or for worse for richer or for poor in sickness and in health till death do you part Do you believe that's something? Do you believe the Bible is true? That the promises of the Bible are true? Do you believe that you should be experiencing the promises the way God says you should? Or are you supposed to have a different form of Christianity different than what the Bible promises? Like most people have. This is why there's so many different churches, different kinds of churches. And this is why there are churches who have to put clauses in their doctrines to make God in their image. 
rather than us becoming like God, we make God to become like us. And this is the big movements now all over the earth, is to make God look like you without God. And to make God approve of what you do without God. So we know that there's all these different kinds of Christianity now that does not line up with what the Bible says it should be. So my question to you, brothers and sisters and members of the jury, (laughs) do you believe that God's life is higher than man's life? And that you should not be living like a lost person, having only the title of a Christian, but the lifestyle of an unbeliever. I'm asking questions. What do you think? Should you have supernatural love to where, whether someone loves you or not, you're able to love them? Do you believe that's part of what God has for you as a Christian? That you're supposed to love people when they hate you. That even when they talk bad about you, you talk good about them. That when they slander you, you bless them. That when they try to steal from you, you send them money. Because you're not under their authority. You're not under their problem. You're not under the spirit that they carry because you live in another realm. Because you are living the life That God has ordained for you and sanctified for you to live. Is this kind of Christianity possible? Is it possible that God is the most fun, the most exciting, the most wonderful person and the best life you can live? Because that's not how it is for most people. So there's a key. And that's what we're going to talk about. If you don't unlock and use this key, you're going to be in a lot of trouble spiritually. Because let's talk about the different kinds of Christians we have. We have Christians that are half lamb, half wolf. So if you fall into the hands of one of these people, they will rip you to pieces because they're half lamb, half wolf. You have people that are half lamb, half snake. They will poison you. You have people that are half lamb, half vulture. They smell death when it's on you and they attack that part of your life. And then they call others to come and rip you to pieces. You have Christians that are half lamb, half butcher. Half lamb, half thief. Half lamb, half seducer. You have all these kind of Christians, and there is a reason for them. It's not that they're bad people. It's that they're not totally redeemed yet. Because they don't know what the key is, and they don't know how to activate that key. So they are left to their own devices, as all mankind is. Your Christianity will be false If you don't activate this key, your Christianity will not look like what God promised. 
This is why you have so many children that hate God who are raised in supposedly Christian homes by two parents who were legalistic and meaner than a junkyard dog. The parents yelled at them. The parents hit them. The parents punished them. The parents had no love, no warmth, no sweetness, no kindness, no affection, no patience, no tolerance, no long-suffering. Do, 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 you're burning hell. Do, 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 you're burning hell. And so they created atheists in the house. Do you believe that part of your inheritance is to actually be like Jesus? Instead of some sullen, quiet, mean person that everyone in the home is walking on eggshells for. Because you don't know the next second that person's going to get offended. And they control the atmosphere of the home through their witchcraft. Didn't feel the love on that. So I'm going to go over here and encourage myself. Way to go, brother Ivan. That was great. I love the way you preach. You're never late. Holla, holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. Okay. Do you think you should be the kind of person that can beat the devil up instead of getting beat up by the devil? Do you think you should prosper and be out of debt? Do you think that it's part of your inheritance to prosper? To have your debts and bills paid off and then to become a paymaster for God where you go around paying off widow's debts and orphan's debts and church debts and you go around doing that as a ministry. You literally say, listen, I'm going to give away $2 million this year because God has blessed me so much in my business and I'm going to take care of 500 orphans. I'm going to take care of a 1,000 widows. I'm going to pay the debt off of my church. I'm going to do this and that and that. Do you believe that's God's will or do you believe God's will is, can you give me something? Can you give me some money? Lend me something, brother. Come on, help out a brother. Help out a sister. Help me make it through the day. You've got to decide. Hallelujah. Look at someone and say, will he please just tell me what the key is? The time is running out. Shut up. I got the message. I can hear you thinking. (laughs) Because you're the product of that phone. Everything's good. And with me, I'm like, come on. See, that's bad. Because you don't know how to be still. And drink in slowly revelation. You want everything fast and quick and immediate. And it bypasses transformation. You're intellectual and that's all you are. And you have been evangelized by this thing. You have no patience to dwell quietly in the presence of God. And quietly listen to him talk to you. This is why you're poor. This is why you don't have a Bible. 
because the Bible is too slow for you. So you can't actually read it. You just have to get points from it. But opening the Bible and reading it line by line slowly changes your DNA. Because you're being tuned. That's why you always should read your Bible every day slow and out loud. Not to finish, but to drink. One line you may say it 20 times. Ooh, let me say that again. Ooh, I feel the anointing on that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you start singing. Oh, la, la. I mean, you're just in it. You get in the, you get in it. You jump inside of it. And it begins to do its work. But if you're just all up here, you're a mess. You have so much information colliding with each other up there. So get a physical Bible. Bring it to church. And write down what God tells you, even if it's just two things. Collect two things from every Sunday message and every time you read your Bible every morning and collect. You'll have two, three hundred in no time and then you will change the world. Because revelation is medicine. Go ahead and hug two people and say, I hope he never stops talking. Say it out loud. I love Brother Ivan. Everybody say it together. Oh, hallelujah. I love the way he preaches. I don't want him to ever stop. Keep talking. Keep talking. It's making me feel good inside. It's like smoking pot. Oh, hallelujah. So you're never going to be the person you want to be. You're never going to have the family you want to have. You're never going to experience what the promises are. Your Christianity will be weak. It'll be dysfunctional. It'll be fragmented. It will be limited. Your children will not enjoy it. And they will search for something else when they're old enough to be on their own. And we do not want that to happen. Hallelujah. It's not good enough just to take children to church. Your children have to love church. They have to love the lifestyle of Christianity. And the only way that's going to happen is if they actually get to see people's lives changed before their very eyes. They get to see depressed people delivered. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears pop open. Once that happens, it's over. The battle is over. And if you're not a miracle worker in your natural life, where are they going to see it? So everybody lift both your hands up and say, I am a miracle worker. Come on, say it out loud. I am a miracle worker. See, some of you don't feel worthy. Because you're still living in the old you. The old you is not worthy. But the new you is adopted by God. And you're royalty. And you're one of his children. And everything he has belongs to you. So lift your hands now and say, I am a miracle worker. God works miracles through my life. 
He does the miracle, but I'm the conduit that the miracles flow through. Now give somebody a hug and say, pay me what you owe me. So here's the key. And then I'll tell you what it actually means. Are you ready? The key is this, everyone. The key that unlocks everything. Everything in the Bible that is hidden and locked will be unlocked when you learn how to apply this key. The key is like this. You need a Savior to get you to heaven. But you need a Lord to get heaven to you. The thing is, we have a lot of people who have a Savior, but very few people who have a Lord. Number one, they don't know what a Lord is. They don't know what it even means to have a Lord. So the majority of Christians in the entire world believe in a Savior. They have accepted Jesus as their Savior. They believe that he died on the cross for their sins, that he is a substitute for their sins, and that they get to go to heaven because they believe in him. And that's called getting saved. And most Christians, that's what they believe. And so your Savior will get you to heaven. But if you don't get a Lord, then heaven will not get to you. So you're going to have all that stuff in the bank and not know how to get it out. So how do you know that Jesus is your Lord and not just your Savior? Let's take a walk through the Bible and figure out the answers to this question. Hallelujah. All right. Hug somebody and say, I'm just I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, because you see, we have linguistic Christianity. We have Christianity that is all words. It's just language. There's no substance to it. That's why you're half in the kingdom. And half in the world. That's why you still like to get off church. And go get your reefer. And smoke that reefer. Say what a great service that was. I wish I had more of those. Or your Bud Light. Or whatever it might be that's got a hold of you. That shouldn't have a hold of you. That's making you do things that are not healthy. Praise the Lord. We need a Savior to get us into heaven. We need a Lord to get heaven into us. Let's say it together. We need a Savior to get us into heaven. We need a Lord to get heaven into us. Give the Lord a hand and say, Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, so how do you know that you have a Lord? Let's go and talk about it. Praise the Lord. We read right here, a lot of people are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things for you? And he says, I don't even know you. Workers of lawlessness. 
Well, how could someone do all these things, prophesy, cast out devils, and do miracles? How could they do that? Can just anybody do that? Right off the streets? You have to know things to do those things. You have to have a spiritual education to know those things. No stranger can just get up and start prophesying from God or, or casting devils out of people or performing miracles. No unsaved person can do that. Am I wrong? No. So this is serious. He says, hey, I don't even know you. All right? So we need a Savior. Everybody says, oh, thank you for saving me, God. Come on, everybody. Say, thank you for saving me. Tell your neighbors, I'm so glad God saved me. Say it out loud. I'm not going to hell. Say it out loud. I'm not going to hell. Say it. I'm not going to burn in the fires of hell. That's so cool thing. But the part everybody leaves out is the Lord part. So here is how you know. Number one. The number one way to know that you have a Lord. That God is your master. And say it with me. I need to choose a master. You need to choose a master. You can't have two. You got to choose one. Okay? Here is how the first way you know that you have a Lord. You no longer have a free will. What did you say? That can't be right. Well, let's look at Jesus in Luke 22. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Look at all the people in the Bible that were like that. Esther, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to do God's will. Daniel, throw me in the lion's den, but I'm going to pray. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King, we know that our God can deliver us and will deliver us, but whether he does or whether he doesn't, just know this, we're not bowing down to any idols or you. Throw us in the fire if you want. But they have chosen their master and they have chosen their Lord. If you want a Lord in your life, then you no longer have a free will. You have taken your free will the most worshipped thing on planet earth by all human beings, and you have given that back to God and say, not my will, God, but your will. This is how you live your life. You don't just knock somebody out. You ask permission. You talk to God and say, Father, may I hit this man in the mouth? Hear me out, Father. I have experience in this area, and if you hit the man, knock him out, it changes the personality. He'll be much more quiet and meek, easier to handle, much tamer, and he won't be talking bad about that person or doing that or whatever. Just one, one shot really quick. Doesn't feel a thing. Just night and night. 
So you ask him, and then he says, no. No, no's the answer. I can't do this. Okay, you're my Lord. I'm going to do what you tell me. What would you like me to do? You want me to pray for him, and I'm supposed to mean it. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, let's begin. I'm going to do it, Lord, because you're my Lord. Because these are the struggles of life, everybody. Oh, and you want me to give him money. <laughs> you want me to give money to this creep. Yes, I want you to give money. You're my Lord. I'm going to give money. Oh, and you want me to enjoy it. Praise the Lord. That's going to take a little prayer, but here I am. But you have a Lord. I really need to get rid of my husband, Lord. He is such a bum and he's hindering my ministry. He's not doing anything. He just sleeps around and lays around and watches TV. He'll go to church with me. He sits his arms crossed and he won't lift his hands. He won't shout. He'll read his Bible. He believes in Jesus. But can I get a new one? Because I need somebody that will be a partner with me in the, in the Lord and in the Spirit. And then don't I deserve some happiness? No. For better or for worse. Sickness and in health. Till death do you part. You made a covenant. Now you die with that person. Unless they break all those things. But I, this man's not doing that. He's just a bum. Hallelujah. So you just have to keep praying for him. Minister to him. And here's what I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to be happy without being loved the way you want to be loved by this person. I'm going to teach you how to do that. And this is going to free you from the slavery of having to have that person love you. Now you'll be able to love them unconditionally because I am giving you everything you need to be satisfied and complete because I am the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. Tell two people, I love this kind of preaching. My God, it's awesome. Two, the way you know that you have a Lord is you are no longer entitled to an opinion. Turn to three people and say, can this be true, O oh God? This can't be true. Surely one of the blessings of being an American is having an opinion. You're not just an American. You're a Christian. And you have a Lord. So you don't get to just have an opinion. You can if you just want to have a Savior and not a Lord. Come to church. Verify your ticket every Sunday. Make sure you're going to heaven. But don't expect any of that to be in your life. Because you're dreaming and deceiving yourself. It's not going to be. You don't get to have an opinion. What do you mean I don't get? No, I'm sorry. God does not require your opinion. He requires you to ask him for his opinion and then adopt that as your opinion. That's what it means to have a Lord and a master. This is not a democracy. It's not a democracy. You want the Bible to work in all its ways? Then you got to obey the guy that wrote it, the one that controls it, and the one that's the God and Lord over it. Or else don't be a Christian. Go be an atheist. Then you can do whatever you want. 
agnostic. Do whatever you want. Or go pick one of the other types of Christianities. Christianity plus free will. Pick that one. Christianity with full-fledged opinions about everything. Pick that one. Christianity with seven or eight husbands, wives. Pick them out. It's right there. It's up to you, brothers and sisters. The choice is yours. But I've done this for 52 years. I go from church to church all my life. And I am telling you that if you're going to have a Lord, you got to hand your opinions over to him and say, God did not pick me for my opinion. Hallelujah. Three. If you have a Lord, you always ask this question. What would Jesus do? And then that's what you do. Four. If you have a Lord, your greatest desire all day long is to please him, not yourself. That's how you know you have a Lord. Because say, God, what would please you right now? What would please you? Because I want to please you. How do you want me to talk to this person? Because they really have, they've touched my ego. And they have hammered my vanity. And I feel anger. And, 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 and rage. And I would like to tell them. How the cow eats the cabbage and cuss them out a little bit. Not, not too bad, but a couple of F words and three or four of the S words and maybe a few H's and, and D's. But this would satisfy me and make me feel equal to the insult. Or do you please God? And God says, I'm sorry. We're no longer in the business of pride, vanity, and ego. We're no longer in the business of your image being protected. You are a servant and a foot washer. Your reward will be great in heaven. You are not to here to demand respect and honor. When Jesus is your Lord, that's not something you get to demand. You give it, but you do not get to demand it. Other than from your children, who you are raising. Turn to seven people and say, holla, holla, this is freaking me out. I believe he should shut up now. Praise God. Well, maybe you feel like I'm redefining your Christianity. It's actually my job. It's my job to present you with an encounter with God. That's my job. You're supposed to be faced with a decision. And the decision is, do I want a Lord or do I just keep my Savior? Because really, honestly, I just want to do my own thing. I just want to go to heaven when I die. But other than that, I want my own thing. Because that's 90% of Christians. That I know. 
Everybody say it. I want to please you, Lord. Above all things. When you have a Lord, you actually memorize what he thinks called the Bible. You learn what he thinks about everything and you adopt his thinking. Because God is God and God is perfect. So every thought God has becomes medicine. So anything you memorize about the mind of God turns into medicine in your life and turns into medicine in other people's lives when you give them his mind. So what I'm doing to you right now is giving you his mind. So now you have to decide if you're going to take the shot and get the surgery or keep the cancer. And some of you are thinking... Ay, este hermano habla mucho, muy rápido. Estás diciendo cosas que no entiendo. Me está cambiando la vida, todo, la cabeza, la emoción. Todo está cambiando en el nombre de Cristo. And all the white people said, what, 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 what? How do you know you have a Lord? Because you have this overwhelming desire to know his will and to read his book. And you can't live a day without that book. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your word has become to me more necessary than my daily food. That's how you know you have a Lord. Because every day you're in the book. Every day you're searching the book. You don't have a Lord if you never read the Bible, brother and sister. I'm sorry. Don't get insulted or offended at me. And for sure don't hate me. But I'm telling you that if you don't read your Bible, you don't have a Lord. Because you're not searching your Lord's will for your life. And it's all written in that Bible. And you've got to become a scholar of it. So you can't just have it next to your bed and never open it up. you got to open it up. How do I treat my wife when she talks to me that way? It's in there. What do I do with this woman? Especially if you're single. What do I do with it? This is an opportunity for some pleasure. May I have this pleasure, oh my father? A little fornication. Will it send me to hell? I want to fornicate with this person. It will be so much fun and be so delightful. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hating Christianity right now. I'll tell you that. That's right. It's not my job to convert you. It's my job to put you in front of a choice. Then you must convert yourself by making the right choice. But understand, your Christianity will fail you every day of your life if you do not have a Lord. You might as well be a Buddhist. Go. This is the only kind of Christianity. There's not another kind. We don't get to invent our own kind. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, Can you hear the silence of the lambs? <laughs> Turn around and say, Can you hear the silence of the lambs? What is this? What is going on? 
We only have one service, so I'm throwing out bombs out there. Everybody look at the clock. Just go ahead, look at it. Oh my God, I can't believe it's just 11. 11, I can't see that far, so 11, it looks like 11. And you're like, are you deceived? That says 12. If you have a Lord in your life, if you have a Lord, you love to obey when you don't want to. Because you realize this is the highest form of worship. Worshiping is obeying when you don't want to. This is what will yield the greatest benefits from God's supernatural storehouses. Hallelujah. Yeah, when you get when you get uh, when you get a master, you don't have the privilege of giving in to your negative emotions. You don't get to actually show those. You get offended, you don't actually get to just go off. You say, "Wow, I got a lot of really horrible emotions right now, oh Father. What should I do with them?" Oh, go off and pray right now and talk to you and don't say anything. Hey, everybody, I'm not going to say anything right now. I need to go talk to my father because I'm having really horrible emotions right now. And I don't want to, like, spew things from Satan upon you that I'm hearing up here and that want to come out of my mouth. So I'm going to go over there and talk to my father and he's going to help me calm down and then tell me what to say. Or you can just keep arguing and fighting till you die. Have you ever felt the presence of God while you were arguing? I'm just asking a question. Have you ever just said, no, you always do that. No, you always do that. I don't do that. You're the one that does that. Have you ever just stopped and said, my gosh, do you feel the glory of God? You ugly cow. I'm asking, have you ever felt that while you were arguing? When do you feel the presence of God? When you lift your hands and worship and when you obey him when you don't want to and when you do things you know he wants you to do and you do them because you love him and you love him above everyone else and above everything else and he is the Lord of your life and that's why Christianity unleashes to you all the things that you dream of having which is personal gratification, satisfaction, and fulfillment and contentment. You are not going to get those things if he's not your Lord. You won't get them. You try to get them in reefers and sacks and it's an animal. It ain't coming, baby. It's going to betray you. I'm almost done. Everybody say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you dare do it. Don't quit. Don't don't give up on us. When you have a Lord, everybody, you ask hard questions. Hard questions. And you repent quickly. When you get the answer, you apply it. You say, what's, Lord, what, you want me to pray for my wife every day? Oh, Jesus. You want me to spend time alone with my children and have quality time with them? And you want me to go on the streets with my children and win souls? This is going to slaughter my pride and vanity. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Excellent. 
Let's go to the cross and let me crucify you. So that the real you can come out of there and we crucify the coward that you have been. Save your children from religion, everybody. Because that's all you're offering them when you don't have Jesus as your Lord. You're just offering them a bunch of empty, dead religion. Everybody together, sing it with me. Hi, 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 God. Sorry. Anyway, so as you learn how to make Jesus the Lord of your life, everything starts unlocking, opening up treasures, blessings, inheritances. Ownership of your inheritance begins to manifest. Prosperities, joys, poverty stops, starts leaving your family. All of a sudden, health is springing up mentally, emotionally, psychologically, because you're not being led by your ego relationally, and you're not emotionally enslaved to people's approval. And you're happy, and people like happy people. Go ahead and turn to a few people and say, I'm a happy person. Tell them that. And then watch what they do when you say that. You're deceiving yourself. You're so moody. <laughs> Being moody is a good sign that you don't have a Lord. You know what is another good sign? Loneliness. Loneliness is a good sign. You're disconnected from God's presence. There is no loneliness when God is with you. And I'm not being cruel. I'm telling you the truth. That loneliness is not one of the blessings of being close to God. It's one of the blessings of having disconnected without knowing it sometimes. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not going to be lonely. You're not going to be lonely. You're not going to be lonely. <laughs> you're not going to be lonely. Ivan's freaking out. The drugs are kicking in. <laughs> you want everything God has? You need to submit to the authority of your Lord and Master. What did Thomas, doubting Thomas, say? I'm not going to believe unless I touch the hands and feel the nail prints. And Jesus stepped up to him and said, here they are. Feel them. And what was his response? My God and my Lord. What did the woman with the alabaster box do? Bow at his feet. Weep and cry. Lord, Lord, Lord. Today. What did he say to her? He that, she that loveth much is forgiven much. Hallelujah. So you have Ruth. Whatever I do, I'm going to follow you. Don't tell me to turn back. Your God is my God. This is the absolute total surrender of the heart to God. These are important things. This is the real Christianity. Do not lie to your children 
by telling them that what you're living is the real thing. Because they will believe you. And the worst thing you can do is present them with a gospel that is a lie. It is not biblical and it is not true. The thing you should say is, I am not living according to the Bible. I am doing my own thing, living my own way whenever I want to. That's why I act this way. That's why I mistreat your mom. This is why she mistreats me. This is why this is not Jesus. This is not Jesus. This is us in the flesh. That would be much more loving than to try to act like that's Christian. And your children are the ones that are going to suffer with unbelief. And they will not want the God you serve. And if you have done these things, you should get on your knees in front of your children and ask their forgiveness. And tell them, I was not near Jesus when I talked to you that way, when I treated you that way. The way that I have been, that's not Jesus. And I need to apologize and repent. I will never talk to you like that again. I will never treat you that way again. Because I want a house full of Jesus and God. And this is not God. That's an act of love. And that's having a Lord. You repent. And you should get on your knees before your Lord. And repent for things. If you're not tithing, you should repent for that. Because the church needs you to tithe. You need you to tithe. God doesn't want you to tithe because he needs your money. He wants you to tithe so you won't need your money. Because he's looking for people to give money to. But he's not going to give money to people that need money. Because they'll do what they want with it. He wants people who don't need money so he can give them a lot of money. And they'll do with it what he tells them to do. It's called being a broker for God. Hallelujah. Hug someone and say, what a morning we've had.